Hello, friends. Welcome again, or welcome back for the first time in a long time again uh, to the Potluck Podcast. I'm Jared Cornut, joined by Alan Murray tonight. Alan, how are things over there on the East Coast, North Carolina? Do y'all feel fall? It feels like fall in Alabama today. We are experiencing false fall. Uh, the past couple of days, it's been down in the high 40s at night, but we're supposed to be back in the 80s within a couple of days. So we're experiencing false fall. The mosquitoes are still biting. The hottest day in Birmingham in the next 10 days is going to be tomorrow, which will be 80. Uh, and then we're going to be in the, the low 70s or high 60s for the next 10 days. I think it's a false fall, too. I don't think it'll last. I'm sure, like, Halloween will be in shorts and T-shirts, sweating. But I'm going to enjoy it while I can, especially Saturday. I'm taking uh, my middle son, he's four, to his first ever Alabama game. And it's 11 a.m. kickoff. And so I think kickoffs will be like 70 degrees. So that's great and wonderful for an 11 a.m. kickoff because a lot of times – 11 a.m. kickoff at Brighton East Stadium is like 90 degrees with 100% humidity. And it's miserable. So hopefully it'll be a nice day. And hopefully Alabama will win. And hopefully in a non-stressful fashion. Though your, your Florida State Seminoles, I don't know if you've been able to watch all the games or not, uh, but they're, they're looking pretty good. Looking really good. Uh, best we've looked in 10 years. Uh, well, let's talk about something that's not looking good. Uh, and that is... A lot of things happening in Nashville, Tennessee, since the last time we reported. What a segue that was! Um, so let's just let's just lay it all out there, right? Since we recorded last, the annual meeting had ended. Willie McLaren was being considered to be a, he was the interim CEO, president of the executive committee. Comes out that he has lied about um, degrees that he has, uh, perhaps lying about other credentials uh, that he's boasted about. He is going completely dark online can't i haven't seen him post anything haven't said anything at all um hopefully he's entered into a time of repentance uh and i I hope his best days are ahead of him i I genuinely hope that but he had to step down obviously um and um he's no longer the interim so jonathan howe who uh does you know spc this week with the vice president for comms for the executive committee assumed the interim role and back a couple of weeks ago, they had a candidate to be the uh, new interim CEO, and he stepped out last minute. And so it's still Jonathan for now. And uh, I don't think Jonathan necessarily would like to do this. I think he would be much more comfortable in his role. Uh, VP Comms, he hasn't said that to me, but that's just something that I, I think. And I felt like he even expressed on Twitter. And so the question, Alan, is – what what is going on in Nashville? What is happening? It just seems like it's one hit after the other, doesn't it? Yeah, I think only the Lord knows what is going on in Nashville. Um, for the last, goodness, uh, I'm going to say all the way back to Frank Page, uh, there have been issues coming out of the executive committee. I know there was a little bit of stability there with Ronnie Floyd, but even that seemed to be momentary in the grand scheme of things. Um, it's it's a shame. Uh, it's really difficult to watch. It's really difficult to read uh, from a pastor's perspective. It's really difficult to answer questions when people have questions uh, from uh the standpoint of somebody who serves with a, a state convention, the effects of what happened in Nashville, it rolls downhill. Uh, and people, you know, think whatever has happened in Nashville is happening everywhere. 
And so it's created a sense of distrust for the executive committee across the board uh, that is going to take a lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot of time to regain. Yeah, I think, yeah, I've had people in my church, and I think you would, you would say this, right? Like the average Southern Baptist genuinely doesn't know what's happening a lot of times in denominational life. Like they, they know about the offerings that we take up, but our convention in recent years has been in the news a lot more than it has been in the past and, and has not necessarily been for good things. Though I believe with all my heart, the Southern Baptist Convention is doing a lot of good things. We'll talk about some of those in just a moment. Uh, so it is, it's hard as a pastor to explain these things. And people are asking, well, why are we still giving and supporting? And it's like, well, we, we give and we support because we don't give because of men or leaders. We give because of the mission, right? That's why we, that's why we give to the cooperative program or through the cooperative program rather. And while we give the different offerings. And so, yeah, it's, it's disheartening. And so, Alan, when I think about this, I think the most urgent need that we have um, for the executive committee is prayer. And so I have been in, in particular praying for the Alabama representatives because those are the people I, I know most of them. And uh, I know some other people in the EC, but, you know, they're representing our state and our interest, I guess, in a, in a way on the executive committee. Um if I were a member of your church and you were to say back to me, well, we need to pray for the EC, and I said, well, how can we pray for the people in the EC? What would you say back to that church? Well, I would say that's a great pun when you say, how can you pray? Because you need to pray for Jonathan Howe. Uh, but I've dealt with this as a pastor. You know, we have prayer meetings at Centerville on third Sunday nights, and we pray for our convention. It's different entities. And I don't always go into the the nuts and bolts and difficulties of what's going on, but you know we rotate through the entities praying for them. We pray for a different seminary every month, and I've shared with them what's going on. And you know you need to pray pray for the search committees, pray for the executive committee, pray for Jonathan in that interim role, uh, pray for transparency, pray for repentance. Uh, you know we we haven't really heard anything out of Willie, uh, so so still thinking back in that direction. And and one of the things as as a pastor answering those questions, why should we still give? Why should we still support? Uh, and again, dealing talking to other churches, other pastors who I've I've said, brothers, don't don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. The EC uh, and the ERLC, which seem to be the two organizations entities within the SBC that tend to get the most grief from people, uh, really do make up the smallest slice of the pie. And a great percentage of the slice of the pie that the EC has goes toward the annual meeting. And so if if you say, well, I'm going to punish the EC, I know this is kind of chasing a rabbit from your original question, but it, it, it ties in. Uh, we're just not going to give to the cooperative program. Well, then you're hurting the International Mission Board, the North American Mission Board, the six seminaries um, for really what's a very small, it's significant. It's a significant amount of money. It's important work. Uh, and it's still work that needs to be done. And that's conversations that we've had as well. I don't have a whole lot of folks that if I didn't tell them what was going on in the convention, they probably wouldn't know, but I've got a few. Um, I think I have three church members who are active on Twitter, uh, and one of them is me, and one of them is my wife, uh, and one is one other individual. But they see and they know what's going on. And so I feel like as a, a pastor and a steward of what we give and what we do, it's a good thing to let folks know what's going on. Pray for these people by name. Pray for the, for the vacancies. Uh, anytime we've had an entity head with a vacancy. 
be it the EC, the ERLC, um, it seems like at times, you know, half the entities are without leaders. They're on our prayer list, praying for their search teams. And so I, I would encourage you to just start there. You don't have to, to air out all the dirty laundry. You can do that. Uh, it's on Baptist Press. But uh, encourage your folks, pray for, pray for these people. If you've never prayed for them, pray for them. You can talk about them, then you can pray for them. I agree with that, Alan, wholeheartedly. And I, look, I, and I get the question. So like our church next year, we've got in our budget, $195,000 is budgeted for cooperative program giving. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of a lot of church, more than churches' annual budgets, right? And so when people say they're concerned, I get it. But at the same time, I even pray for my own heart. Like, remember the mission. Like, I, you can be frustrated. You can ask questions. You can expect more. Like, I, I think that's the healthy thing. We should expect more from our leaders. I've been praying, God, give us men who fear you. Uh, because a lot of the actions previously done by previous presidents, really the last three, in my opinion, there haven't been a lot of fear of God um, there. We need a man who fears God in that role. Uh, and we need men who fear God in the pulpits. And we need men, who, men and women who fear God in our congregations. And we need to hold each other accountable to that end. So I think we should expect more of each other. But I think we should also be gracious people and people who understand that none of us are perfect, not a single one of us are, and that the most important and perfect person is the person of Jesus Christ, and that's the mission that we're unified, is getting uh, the gospel to the nations and planting churches in North America and training up and uh, the next missionaries and pastors and church planners. And so hopefully the uh, bad days in Nashville are coming to an end, so to speak, and hopefully great days are ahead of us. So we should pray to that end, but we have gotten some good news in SBC Live. So, uh, for example, one of the, those good things is uh, the 2022-2023 cooperative program. It did. It, it came up just shy of their 192 million dollar goal by 0.22 percent. I think most people would say if our church came up short of our annual budget by 0.22 percent, we'd all be pretty happy with that. Uh, they brought in $191,851,947 and two cents. Um, and top giving states of this, uh, this is always fascinating to me. So, uh, number one was Alabama, 19 million plus. Tennessee, 16.2 million. SBTC, 14.8 million. Remember, there's two state conventions in Texas. One of them is on this list, the other one's not. Florida, um, 14.3 million. Georgia, 4.2 million. North Carolina, where you're at, 13.2 million. Mississippi, 11.9 million. Uh, Oklahoma, 10.5 million. South Carolina, 10.4 million. Top nine states, all 10.4 million or more. Uh, interestingly, you know, all those are, except for Oklahoma, are really deep south or really considered southern states. Oklahoma is southern in a lot of ways, but they're not really geographically. I'm probably offending somebody. Luke Holmes in Oklahoma is getting really upset right now listening to this podcast. Uh but I mean that's that should be that should be encouraging, right? 192 million. And that doesn't include other offerings that we're going to talk about here in just a second. So what's your takeaway on the on the CP numbers when we've been told churches are leaving, they're pulling out, we're not going to make your CP goal. We didn't make it. We kept just short, but I think this is overall encouraging. I'm encouraged by it. Uh, I really am. I think folks uh, continue to see the mission. Uh, good news constantly coming out of the IMB. Uh, our, our numbers of missionary units are up. Uh, our number of missionaries coming through the pipeline are up. 
Our seminaries are having record enrollment. Some of them are having record enrollment year after year. Um, there's difficulties at some of our seminaries. Uh, I, I don't want to act like everything's perfect. Uh, but even still, all of our seminaries are, are significantly larger than most other seminaries. CP is making it so students can go at 50% off. There's a lot to celebrate. People are seeing that. I know for us in North Carolina, we've got a proposed budget that's gone before our executive committee, as well as our board of directors that has passed and will go before our board or our, our annual meeting, all the messengers in November, uh, where we will finally make the commitment that everybody said they would make back in uh, the very beginning with the cooperative program, where we will hit the 50-50 split, uh, assuming that our budget passes where 50% of uh, monies come in in the cooperative program through North Carolina will go to our Great Commission partners in the SBC. And so, um, you know, we've had states before that have, have continued to make that trajectory, some that are much less. Uh, and so I think as you see more states continuing that, sometimes it's half a percent, percent of the time uh, over the decades, that number is going to continue to increase as well. Yeah, for example, you know, like the BGCT in Texas, I say this because I'm familiar with it, previously being in Texas for the past four years, they keep 80% of their money in state and only send 20% to the national uh, CP, which I never really was great and happy with that. But Jonathan Howe points out, you know, yes, $192 million was given to the national CP, but that does not include the $250-plus million that were kept in states, right? So monies that went to state colleges, children's homes, uh, ministry assistance camps, disaster relief, and and so much more that state conventions do. So you know, like a state like Alabama, where I'm at, we we're a fifty fifty split state. So I mean, there was more than thirty eight million dollars given by Alabama Baptist, a state that historically is a is a state that is not very wealthy by the standards of the rest of the union. Um, it shows you the generosity of Southern Baptists, in my opinion, uh, the generosity uh, of the churches to give and all those types of different things as well. So I am encouraged by that. And I'm also encouraged that we saw a, not uh, a coming up short, but actually going over on our Lottie Moon goal for last year. So the numbers that finally came out on this, uh, they set a goal of $190 million, and they didn't just barely eclipse it. They eclipsed it by more than $6 million, $196.1 million given uh, to the Lottie Moon offering. And that is, to me, one of the most important things that we do as Southern Baptists is give the Lottie Moon. You know, at my previous church, we give the Lottie Moon all year round. People at my church can do that here, but we make a big emphasis in the month of December. So I know you're getting ready for that, just like I am. And I, I think that this is just one of the most important things we do. Paul Chitwood, IMB president, said, thank you, Southern Baptist, for your growing commitment to get the gospel to the nations, your generous giving to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, along with your ongoing commitment to the cooperative program, has the IMB positioned to overcome the staggering impact of global inflation and meet the needs of your missionaries. Alan, just like three weeks ago, I went to lunch with a missionary who is home on furlough for the next six months or so. And you know what? He didn't come to me and ask. He didn't come ask for me for money. He didn't come ask me a place to stay. He didn't have any needs that were going on. Man, he just came. He just, I want to give you a report of what we're doing on the mission field because Southern Baptists give generously to the cooperative program. This is reason to celebrate, right? Absolutely. It's why we exist. All, all the way back to the very beginning, the, the IMB has existed as long as the convention has existed. 
And I, I love the generosity of, of Southern Baptist through the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. We, we collect year round as well uh, and have that big emphasis in December like so many people do. Um, I got to see a couple that are on our prayer list that I know that are IMB uh, folks last night that will uh, be getting ready to go back off of furlough. Um, we're, we're really excited anytime we can get to see them. Watched a video last night at our annual meeting of our local Baptist association from Paul Chitwood and talking about how churches can get connected with missionaries, that every church has missionaries assigned to them that they can be connected with. And so if you've not done that, Chitwood said, you know, you can email info at imb.org and get connected with a missionary. My encouragement to you is if you don't do that, do that. Uh, it is great to give to Lottie Moon. Give to Lottie Moon. It's great to give to the cooperative program. Give to the cooperative program. But if, if you don't have uh, pictures and prayer cards of some of our IMB missionaries on your refrigerator or on a bulletin board at your church or in a slideshow or whatever you do, do that. Uh, it'll mean so much more. And it'll encourage giving. Now, it's one thing to give to uh, a lady who sacrificed her life. We're not actually giving to her, but an offering in her name and to give to these missionaries. But when you put a, a face and a, and a name with this offering, it, it just means so much more. So get, get to know some of your missionaries. Uh, learn how to pray for them. Get their prayer list. Share that with your church. Uh, it'll bless your people. It'll bless you. Uh, you. You said, you know, we're not paying Lottie Moon. She's long gone. At my last church, one of the kids asked one of our children's leaders, Miss Pam, are we ever going to pay off Miss Lottie Moon? I thought that was the, the cutest and the funniest thing. And no, we're not. Not until the mission is complete. And I'd even encourage you, if you can, have some of those missionaries come speak at your church. And so my family's going to be out of the country soon to complete an adoption. And our plan is that one of the Sundays that I'm gone, uh, that missionary is going to preach to our church and talk about the work that God's doing and ways that we as a church can pray and partner with them and maybe even send teams over there. Um, you know, I saw, obviously, we've all seen the, the awful uh, atrocities happening in Israel by Hamas this past weekend. And Elon Musk he tweeted out or X'd out or po whatever it's called these days. You know, what will it take to overcome hate? It's the gospel. It's the only thing that will overcome it. And so that's why we give joyfully to the Light of Moon Christmas offering so that will be accomplished. So not everything's bad in SBC life. These are things to celebrate. There's a lot going on, too, that we need to hit on some other episodes. The cooperative group has been meeting that Jared Wellman is uh, going to be the chairman of. Uh, there's lots of conversation happening around other things. Indianapolis will be here before you know it. Alan, I got my hotel. Were you able to get yours? I was. I was able to book my hotel. Looking forward to that. Uh, we're going to a couple of hiccups. I, I got that little error message uh, yeah. when I booked a room. The hotel that I wanted got filled really quickly, but I grabbed another one that was just a little bit more. Uh, it worked out fine. Yeah. And I, even if you didn't get through, give it time. They always open more rooms up. More rooms are going to open. Don't freak out. Worst come to worst, get an Airbnb or something like that. I was sitting there hitting refresh, 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 refresh. Got in the 805. I was number 33 in, if that thing is accurate. I don't know if it is or isn't, but. I was able to get the hotel my choice, so I was happy about that. So sorry if you didn't, but you should still go. And if you're looking to go a little bit early and play a little golf, I played some golf in Indianapolis at TGC uh, the day before the conference started. I got up there, went and played that morning before the conference started. I got a golf course for you. The, it's called Old Fort, not Old Fart, Old Fort. And uh, it's a it's a public course in Indianapolis. Gorgeous. So uh, I know you're not a golfer, Alan. You're like, where's the closest? I don't know if there's lakes in Indiana. I'm sure there are, but uh, I don't know what kind of fish you can catch out there. So, hey, you 
Oh, go ahead. Oh, there are lakes. I was just going to say, I, I'm planning on preaching in Ohio the Sunday, uh, the pastor's conference. Really? Started. Yeah. What church? Uh, Love Divine Baptist Church in South Ohio, just across the Ohio River from Kentucky. So you got, I guess you have a connection there. Or... I do have got a good good friend there who's been down here a couple times doing our archery camp, and he said, if you're going to the convention, would love to have you preach at my church. So looking forward to that and uh, maybe visit the ark or something something stereotypical evangelical while we're in that area <laughs> well see like when i go i drove i'm gonna fly because it was an eight hour drive so i'm gonna fly this time uh but i drove through nashville so baptist mecca and I had to drive through louisville which is where southern is and so there's, if you're going up i-65 there's lots of baptist things to hit hey alan you posted a really funny meme i thought it was funny at least on the facebook page uh, talk to me about that, and let, let's have a little Southern conversation about this. Yeah, the meme is like one of those no one, absolutely no one memes, and then it said Southern gas stations, and it had just an entire hot bar full of food that was probably 95% fried. Oh, yeah. And so for a lot of uh, really rural areas in the South, and, and not necessarily just rural areas, but particularly in rural areas, they may not have restaurants, but they have gas stations with food bars in them. And I'm not talking about a gas station with an Arby's or a gas station with a, a Wendy's or a McDonald's or a Dunkin' Donuts. In or a Bucky's. I'm, yeah, I'm not talking about Bucky's, uh, though, you know, we've talked about Bucky's before. I'm talking about you go into the gas station and it, it smells like fried chicken no matter when you walk in there because they've been frying chicken in there. And so typically, you know, cash registers on one side hot bars on the other there's some lady that will call you sweetie and honey uh or somebody who's really rude but the food's gonna be good either way mm -hmm. is willing to serve you uh I, I assume you've experienced this that you have this kind of thing in alabama oh yes yeah, especially in more rural alabama not necessarily the birmingham area where i'm at now though if you kind of go out uh south of where i live i live in a little town called chelsea and you go south there is a great little place in a town called harpersville which is on the way to like Sylacauga, Auburn, and uh, it's a gas station, and it's probably the best breakfast you can get around, honestly. So not the fried food. They do breakfast, but, I mean, it's like you know, the bacon. It's, it's out of this world. It's delicious. But I've been to other places, like growing up, we had a Mavericks gas station uh, that you go in there, and there's fried chicken, fried okra, all you know, everything's fried. And you would say, oh, I'm not eating anything at a gas station. Well, you you might be bougie and not do that. But us boys from Alabama, we will do that, and you boys from North Carolina will do it. And I don't—I have no regrets. Do you have any regrets? I don't think I have any regrets, uh, other than we don't have a duck through in southeastern North Carolina. There's a group of gas stations in northeastern North Carolina, which is another world. Uh, eastern North Carolina is really divided between north and south. They're totally different worlds. Um, and there's these gas stations up there all near the Virginia line down to probably about the Greenville area called Duck Through. Never and they've got great, great breakfast. They've got, you know, the, the fried chicken, fried egg rolls, uh, fresh sausage, which is a big thing here in eastern North Carolina. It's like really big link sausage, like kind of like a bratwurst, but um, better than breakfast sausage. And every time I'm up there, I have to eat something there. Um, one of my favorite things to get at a gas station, and this is going to sketch some of y'all out, but come as zero to surprise, is I love to get fried chicken livers uh, at a couple different gas stations across North Carolina because I don't cook them at home because they're messy. Uh, Cracker Barrel doesn't sell them anymore. KFC doesn't sell them anymore. Uh, the last restaurant I went to that had some were so sorry I wouldn't use them for catfish bait, but the gas station doesn't let me down. 
you know, I'm glad to be back in Alabama. I really enjoyed my time in Texas. I love the church. I love where we live. And one thing I do miss about Texas is, in their gas stations, you're not getting fried chicken or any of that, uh, but they're usually at most gas stations in Texas. There's going to be a guy over there in the corner that doesn't speak, speak any English. We'll make the best tacos you've ever had in your entire life. Uh, there was one place in particular, there were a couple of them in the metro place called Fuel City, cash only. They did that and fried pies. Oh my goodness, they were delicious. And so, like I said, some of you may be bougie out there and say, I'm not getting my food at the gas station. Well, that's fine. You know what? I also pull off on the side of the road and buy boiled peanuts from a guy out of a pickup truck all the time. And so, because I think they're delicious. And so you're just better than me. And I'm okay with that because I am full and satisfied. And so, uh, Alan, it sounds like you are too. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. Hey, dude, Alan, it was great to record an episode again, even though Matt didn't join us. Well, maybe next time. I've, I've enjoyed it. Uh, it's always good to come to a potluck. Let's try to do this again next week. Friends, thank you for joining us here at the Potluck once again. I hope that you had your fill and that you had your full. Join us next time, same Baptist time, same Baptist hour. I can't believe I remembered how to close. Stay Baptist, my friends.